0: Hello guys, hope everyone is well, the sun is shining, it's a beautiful day as I am recording this and I hope it is the same for you as you are listening to this, but I'm also excited, I'm excited because I'm bringing, or mentality of bringing you this amazing conversation that, that I really enjoyed. I think it is completely aligning with who I am and, and, and what I love doing. This podcast is is an example of the conversations that we are able to have nowadays as men, as men who in the past were presumed or were in the shadows to talk about mental health and not able to do it, not feeling able because of vulnerabilities seem to be weak and vulnerabilities seem to not be beneficial. But I think we are evolving. I think we are changing as a species as gender and specific men being able to speak about it and today we've got Jason Fox who is a former Royal Marine Commando and Special Forces Sergeant instead of going through Jason's story bit by bit and and you know we could listen to that on so many of the podcasts it's out there he's got amazing books out there I wanted and I text Jason to say look let's just get deep into some subjects around mental health revolving around mental health and and really see where it goes from there. Jason joined the marines at 16 and served in the military for 20 years and he passed the grueling selection process for the special forces serving with the special boat service. Jason has planned and led operations including hostage rescue, counter-terrorism, counter-insurgency, maritime counter-terrorism, surveillance, bodyguarding and counter-narcotic missions. Jason is more widely known to us now after being right there from the start on the S.A.S. Who Dares Wins. Putting through members of the public and celebrities through the notorious selection process which he would have gone through back in the day from being a marine to then serve as a special forces sergeant in the end. As we go we unpick Jason's experiences and his story. But we revolve around some pretty deep questions as I've said about vulnerability and mental health and the journey of his mental health alongside the incredible achievements and status that he's achieved. We talk about PTSD, what that felt like, his attitude towards that and his attitude towards mental health and how that's changed for him and how he believes it will adapt going forward in the special forces and the military. Jason has also led what I believe must have been one of the most ludicrously dangerous documentaries of all time in the real narcos that's on netflix right now and we hear about a near-death experience that he and his crew of four had just to shoot a documentary jason was really keen to get into it and, and deep into the subjects revolving around mental health and we discuss his attitudes and his learnings are as i say vital for us moving forward as men and i believe these discussions are what we need to evolve and this podcast is sponsored by our new partner better you an award-winning natural health brand Better you specialises in the pill-free supplementation of nutrients that have been underrepresented or simply omitted due to our modern diets and lifestyles, including transdermal magnesium and oral vitamin sprays. I recently did a podcast with the director, Andrew Thomas, who, after his dabbling with magnesium, this is important for people who suffer with asthma. It allowed him to drop an inhaler which had been his crutch his whole life after this dabbling with magnesium and magnesium can also help with migraines and the relaxing of muscles and a big one something that underpins everything that we do sleep these things are important for me especially in my life right now i also use a range of their supplements in the form of oral sprays which are much easier than tablets i use cbd vitamin k vitamin d vitamin b and turmeric, and also a big one, important for you vegans listening, B12, vitamin B12, all good for my brain health, but also keeping me ticking over as an athlete. To get your hands on some of their awesome products, head over to betteryou.com and check them out. It's now time to jump into the pod. Enjoy. Podcast, Paul.
1: Thanks for having me on. We we're
0: just speaking a little bit about um, your upbringing and a little bit about your, your background. I, I found out that you that you've done the tough stint in Keflur before going to the SAS and doing all those those missions there. So tell us a little bit about that, mate.
1: Well, it was a while ago. I can't, you know, I can't really remember that well. I can, I can remember bits and pieces, but um, we moved up north when when I was a little 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 lad. And uh, my dad had a business up there. We lived in Skipton first off, and then uh, his business went went, went south. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he uh, he lost it, and we lost a lot, and ended up in Keighley. So that's where we were. And he, yeah, he. Yeah. Sort of, I we used to, yeah, the, the Cougars were about. We used to sort of like watch them and stuff.
0: <laughs> Keighley Cougars, yeah, yeah. Almost we were just talking. I've I've played a few times at Keefley and. Some rough games, mate. Some some big it's fellas. Um, quite rough,
1: it's quite a rough place, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember no, it's, a- it's
0: yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's rough. It's rough, rough, rough rugby team, and uh, could be a rough place. It's um, it's it definitely definitely builds the, the tough tough blokes, I reckon. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and and obviously we were just talking then as well. Your old man was a marine, and and um, so. But you were a bit older, or you are a bit too young to to remember that when he was Yeah, I don't remember room.
1: much about it. Well, I don't remember anything about it because I was like, I think he left just like as I was one years old. Right. Okay. But then, obviously, as we, you know, as me and my brothers were growing up, he'd be like telling stories and sort of. I suppose that's sort of like where a little bit of inspiration comes from.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what were it like um, as as a bloke, your dad? What were it like? Um, you know, as David
1: yeah, he was—he was a tough bloke. He was uh, still is still around, still around, still kicking about. He's—he's. Yeah. Um, he's, I always saw him as a bit of a perfectionist. I saw him as a bit of—he like, is like someone I looked up, look up to, role model wise, and that. He was always wanted to do a good job. Pretty tough. Always into his fitness and stuff, and yeah. you know he's played ever since I remember. I mean, he doesn't now. Obviously, he's—he's he's getting on, but. He's always played rugby, you know, played sport, played rugby, yeah. played anything really. But um, I always remember that. He always used to inspire us to do that. And then he, had, he got into sort of like um, coaching sport and fitness and stuff like that. So he used to we used to go along as kids to some of the adult fitness sessions and like he'd be... He used to... Run, he basically, I, I still genuinely think he ran the first boot camps when we go to the... Like, <laughs> These sort of like male sports teams, whether it's hockey, rugby, whatever, mm. he'd run these um, fitness classes, and you'd go out on a cross country run, and you'd be doing like squats and burpees and all sorts yeah. of and you, all sorts of weird stuff. And you know, he never saw, never thought anything of it. And then now, actually, it's the first time I've ever thought about it, looking back, you're like, ah. he was like dishing out boot camps before they were the <laughs> thing.
0: You, you, were, you were doing them before even even getting into training Marines and everything you were already doing, weren't you?
1: Well, yeah, he, he was... I mean, when I said... To, I remember when I was like, you know, I was 15 and I was like, right, that's it, I'm going to go for them. I basically massively flopped at school. I, didn't, I wasn't academic and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, by that stage, we'd moved down to Luton. So I was like, you know, I was destined to get into trouble, no doubt. And I was like, right, I'm going to join the Marines. And he was like, right, okay. And he sort of wrote me a, a <coughs> training programme and uh mate, I, was, I remember I used to sort of like get a backpack on and then I'd I'd sort of run and do like a what they call a speed march now in the military which is running downhill and on the flats and then walking uphill mm. and I used to do that from from Luton up the A5 to Milton Keynes where I, there was a we had a friend and my old man had a friend who was a, a PE teacher and they used to let me use the ropes in the school cuz so I couldn't get into my school so I used to go and do some rope climbs, but that was that was basically eighteen miles I used to do like in a wanna. And I at the time, you know, I was just like, Yeah, it's all right, I feel a bit knackered at the end of the yeah. day My old man would pick me up at the end. I wouldn't I wouldn't do double eighteen eighteen milers, but I think back to it now i <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I you never, there, was, there was a few times, it's like the A5, it's like a mega main road and like, yeah. there's a few times there'd be cars driving past beeping their horns and ro- lobbing like rotten fruit out and shit. <laughs> hitchhiking. Should have hitchhiked. Yeah, I know, yeah. You've got to put your hand out to hitchhiking. I'm not hitchhiking. Do one. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's something there's in that though and, and obviously you were, you were doing the physical action in the, in the boot camps and there's something in that that I reckon like, and obviously, when when I imagine when you're going through the SAS selection and stuff like that, you're not wanting to let down, you know, the people who are obviously assessing you and, and looking for for frailties or looking at weaknesses and stuff. But yeah. it's a different thing, isn't it, I guess when it when it's your when it's your old man when it's your dad, you're um, yeah. you don't yeah. want to you don't want to let him down, do you? When you're doing no. all this stuff,
1: I think it was a, I mean, I definitely my drive came from him. It must have done. Yeah. And then I suppose a lot of it was about trying to prove something to me, old man, you know, it was for myself, but a lot of it was for that. You know, I remember being in, you know, in, in Royal Marine recruit training. I joined up when I was 16 and I had a, I had a picture of him in uniform and that used to get me through. Cause I, I, I found myself in some dark spaces at that, you know, at a young age, just being like completely in over my head, mm. like threw myself in at the deep end. It wasn't, Fitness wasn't, you know, when you're a 16 year old, you can pretty much. Fitness isn't that much of a problem. Strength might have been. There might have been like lacking in strength, but when it came to like running anyway, you just got an engine on you. Yeah, yeah. There's all the other stuff like looking after myself, being away. I'd never been. I didn't know how to use a bloody washing machine or iron clothes. I was like freaking myself out with all that Is sort it? of stuff
0: you don't want to ask anyone because everyone and I'll be like, you don't know how to use that.
1: Yeah. Everyone else is a bit older and they've like, you know, they're sort of like in their twenties and they've seen a bit of life. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Wet behind the ears. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's, um, it's, it's interesting that I think, do you think, do you feel pretty lucky that you had that, that like your old man that was sort of pushed you, pushed you at that age? and
1: Yeah. Um, I do, because you see, you end up, you know, all that stuff that I said I, I had issues with, that you pick it up after life If you, you grise it out, you mm-hmm. sort of learn how to sort of survive and adapt in that environment. And then you, you, then you start to learn the bits about how you, or you start to learn the bits about what you love about a certain job. Or it's like the same with you, isn't it? You know, you, mm-hmm. initially you sort of, if you think back to when you first started playing, it was all a bit, not alien, but awkward and, yeah. You sort of like, you get, once you find out who you are in it and you get all the, tech, the technique right, you can then learn to be your own sort of person within that space. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what happened with me, you know, it took a bit of time learned what I needed to learn technique-wise and then you sort of hone the, you then become the, well, for me, it was like become the soldier that you, not that you want to be, but the one that suits the way you are as a person.
0: Yeah, and like I mean, I found like your version of, of of how you tell the story with 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 combat and with war quite interesting because like it's battle scars your book in it where you sort of detail um, the journey of of well your journey of mental health, emotional health, like alongside the stuff which is the physical thing that's happening. Um, mm. Did you feel like that were something that were going to be different? I mean, I always I always look at the journey where we've come as a society, like with mental health, like, and I know there's Mm. pockets, there's little pockets where, you know, I imagine special services and the Marines and stuff where it's, I'd be interested to see how it's, how the dynamics change in them, um, compared to like the society, you know, like it's a lot, it's a lot more spoken about now. Um, it used to be like, um, a purple elephant, you know, everyone's got it, but no one wants to talk about it and and everyone can see it. Um, so it'd be interesting to know how, how, what you think and how it's changed. Obviously, you're not in, in, in service now, but do you think it's, it's, it's slightly changed a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's changed a lot. I think yeah. it's... When I first joined up, it was something never spoken about. And to be honest, I didn't pay any attention. You know, I was, like I said, I was 16 and all I wanted to do was just get amongst it. And then you don't think... You just didn't get, didn't get spoken about. It's yeah. like it's like it didn't exist the end of you. And, and yet when I think back, there was certain people that in the beginnings of my career that were obviously having, you know, they were known for being like, Oh, he's, he's angry. Don't don't go anywhere near him. He's got anger issues. And all, you know, he likes going out on the piss all the time. And he's, you know, all these different things, but never attributed to anything other than the, the person themselves. And then, yeah. you know, and and so it wasn't ingrained into my head as to anything to be worried about or think about. And then, as, and, and then as my career went on, I could hear murmurings of people saying, oh, there's guys that have got PTSD and I was there going, that's a load of crap. I'm like, yeah. I've been involved in stuff and I'm all right. And then obviously you, you, you go a bit further down the line, then I'm eating a massive slice of humble pie because mm. I'm like, well, I feel a bit, Different about things, and I need to get this nipped in the bud because I, you know, I feel like I've lost my love for something that I do love, and I need to square it away. So that's when I started to sort of like look into how I could change the way I think. But the the issue was at the time the military. It was I I was mega embarrassed about it. I didn't want to. Talk, I didn't want it to be out in the in 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 the public. That was my career. You know, mm. as secret as it is, it was you know, there's still a community there. Mm. And then, uh, and so I wasn't ready to really talk about it as much as I should have done. And, and, and I don't think anyone understood it. I was worried about a stigma. There probably was a stigma. I was worried about all other things that go in line with that, what people thought about me and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And they, they were in their infancy phase of trying to work out what to do with people that did have, you know, issues psychologically. So it was, it was, a different place to what it is now. There is a lot. Of the, they've got proper programs in place for you know taking people out of the operational side of things, getting them back on the rehab side, and then reintegrating them back into the operational side of things. So there's, I mean, the, you know, there's a lot of organisations outside of the military, like charities and whatever, that do great work as well. But they are, you know, the military in such a different place to where it was ten ten years ago. Yeah,
0: for sure And like um, like Relating to, to Obviously me growing up And playing and, and, and this probably Links in with How you've Coped with stuff I know that like You've coped with stuff Saying that um, it, A lot of it Was just stress Stuff that you'd handle Like um, Alongside the stuff That you're doing In special services And stuff like that And it was sort of like You'd, you'd get over it And you'd, you'd, you'd sort of Tuck it away Or compartmentalise it And mm-hmm. like me Growing up as a player And um, and sort of, you know, sort of coming up, understanding the game, understanding the, the environment and the culture and stuff. And you mentioned there, like um, almost the symptoms of it must be what what the what those blokes are feeling um, in terms of being angry or drinking or whatever, you know. Yeah. In in, um, in rugby league and um, in the past, there's been players that have sort of been sort of really addicted to painkillers and and you know as a young lad you have grown up you think you know what what's what's crack here like why, why do they have to why do they have to take them or is it just cause it's physical pain but then obviously uh, you, you imagine mate, it's another side of it and um do you think like that, that you had that sort, same sort of like um approach or when you were coming up saying well you know what's going on why is why is he acting like that or why has he got this
1: going on um i think i think some of it was just it was just like seen as the norm. It was like it's like yeah, don't worry about that. It's just mm. you know. I mean, I mean, when I was when I first joined, you know, most of my military career, the sort of alcohol culture there was it was massive. Mm. It was like enormous. It, it and again, that's changed again now. I say that I'm sat here with a glass of white wine but I was sat out in the garden room Mrs. there's anything <laughs> yeah but, um, but um, yeah no it was it was it was huge so you could you could blokes girls guys whatever they could mask an awful lot because back in back in the day it was it was okay to to get absolutely smashed on a weekend or on, on a weeknight even you know you, you it used to be the case where there was some pride in the fact that you could go out, have a skin full, and the next morning get up and do your troop um, troop fizz, your troop physical training and like smash it. As well, you know, I remember being a young lad, you know, having had a skinful the night before, going out and you crack a ten mile run and then do your strength strength training that and you're like, How bad was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, There's an element of toughness in that though, isn't there? Like being
0: there is, able yeah. to, to yeah. do it and just crack on after.
1: I think it was. I think it is quite like the old school rugby as well, mm. rugby sort of culture. It was, you know, as far as I'm aware, with all the people that I know, speaking, you know, I've spoken to guys. There's guy. I don't know if you remember. There's an old guy called Rob Parker. Yeah. He, you know, I'm mates with him, and we we talk about stuff, and he's like, yeah, they, you know, it's the culture and society's changed anyway. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The fact that was, it was like it was easier to mask anything that was going on because you could hide behind certain things so it was it wasn't like you'd look at someone and go you know what's going on there you just didn't really notice it because it was all it was all acceptable
0: yeah it's um, I guess I guess it sort of changed like in terms of society and and I think obviously professional sport and you know um, the military's changed alongside it too and I'm just thinking as well you know thinking back to the a young Jason Fox there, um, who would have seen you know the drinking and, and, and the skin and stuff like that, and the ways to um, get by, I guess, and and, and cope with it all. Um, is there any things that you do now? Like for instance, like six years six years ago, I'd have never, or even three or four years ago, I'd have never imagined like meditating and thinking that would would be give me benefit, give me benefit. Is there anything that that you think of now that, that you think yeah. fucking hell?
1: it's it's the same thing i don't i i don't call it meditating just mm. that's my way around it <laughs> yeah. but, but it is i'm like more i'm so much more mindful mm. as in i i have, i mean i still i still you know i still i'm human i still miss things and i still come away from something feeling angry and I'm trying to suppress that that emotion but a lot of the times now if i feel a certain way it's taken a long time to get around to it, like, but if I feel a certain way that doesn't sit right in me, if, if I feel it's negative, I'll sit down and I'll think about it. And I'll be like, why, why is this happening? Why do I feel like this? And what do I need to do to get myself out of this? It might be that I suddenly realize, well, I'm probably not going to be out of this for about another day or two because I've got all this stuff going on. I just need to get through these days tick it all off and then I'm good to go or it could be something like easily rectifiable where I'm like I know why it's because I haven't done any I haven't I haven't cracked my, my, my training for the day and I've yeah, been yeah. it's hanging over my head I need to get it done because I know I'll feel better at the end of it mm. or it could be that there's a bill coming up and I'm like do you know what I'll just nip that I'll just get it paid get it done get it out of the way go on it's forgotten about yeah. it's yeah. being a bit more aware of what's going on in my head or going on inside me, so I'm like, if I feel different, I'll I'll I'll, I'll go out and address it, and, or or at least I'll know why it is, and, and I know that it won't last forever. Mm. So I think that's that's the same as you. It's it's more about the meditation side, really. You know, whatever you want to call it, meditation, mindfulness, thinking about where you are in the present, in the now. That's that's definitely probably one of my that is the biggest thing for me. And also, you know, when I'm not doing work work which is obviously easy at the moment but when i get when i get home just i switch off Mm. like i lose myself in something else whether it's tv or listening to something or or reading or whatever yeah or just chatting to someone and talking about something completely different and i do that as well getting
0: away from it as well um uh, can, can you see that sort of that attitude that you've just mentioned there can you see that creeping into um People who are operating now People that are, that are out there now Do you think that that sort of The um, the change in society and, and, and us being able to talk about The benefits of that Do you think that's something What, what blokes are you, might, you know serving now They might think about Or Because I think I imagine that you just got your blinkers on Like And I know from um, The last episode you, you were talking about Of S.A.S.U. Days When you were talking a bit about Um getting contact from home um, yeah. and, and like that creeping into your mind like I, I, I wonder what the mindset is for someone now do you think that they're sort of putting things in place to, to make sure they park social media like to not not be involved in that or do you think they're trying to be I don't know old school but blinkers on
1: I'd yeah. like to think that they are mm. with everything that we people have been talking about I'd like to think that there is that sort of mentality but then I'm also aware of like the lads doing the job that I, used to. you know, I've still got mates, good good mates that are in, you know, they're quite they're quite high up now. Mm. But you know, we talk about what's going on and what what, what they're up to, and the 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 temp, the tempo of work is it is honestly it's like intense.
0: Yeah,
1: I, should, I can imagine that the blinkers are just on as well. But I'd like to think that they aren't. I'd like to think that there's been some like personal development strategy where they're told to sort of like, you know, this, this will benefit you better getting more sleep will benefit you better. Your out your operational output, you know, the, the way you play that game will be better. Yeah. So I think there, is, there there definitely is that conversation. There must be, but it's something I haven't actually, you know, I've not, it, it, that, you know, talking about it now, I'll, I'll speak to my mate after, you know, tomorrow at some point, but like that, do they actually do do they do this now we'll <laughs> yeah. have to update it yeah, yeah yeah there we go mate you've just, you've just squared away the, the whole of the British Special Forces <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. fucking getting
0: places getting places um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but that I guess that that leads on to like we, I mentioned into to you on Instagram when we're talking um, I did I'm a bit wary of, of, like, getting onto a podcast and just getting you to talk through your story and, and go through, like, all all the same stuff. And um, I feel like the conversations that, that we might be able to have could help people that are out there, um, whether they are uh, in the military, whether they are um, a civilian, uh, a sportsman or whatever, to yeah. break it down a bit so, so people can understand the way that, that you see, you know... Um, like you say, your your actions and mindfulness and, and like um, vulnerability—that was one of the things that, that we spoke about. Like, what what does that mean to you? I, I spoke to to Jamie Peacock about uh, about this the other day, um, yeah. uh, next teammate of mine, and just saying, you know, we were talking about the the vulnerability. Obviously, and, and I'd probably compare this to, obviously not the same level, but like being on the pitch, you're obviously not going to show any any part of vulnerability and mm-hmm. the voice in your head that sort of creeps in, in, in that as that sort of guys as being vulnerable um whether you're coming at half time or whether you're going back out for the second half you just block it out and you just don't even pay a second thought to it um, yeah. so that's like obviously the um, the optimum for for that situation but how would you describe your relationship with that like you know over the over the years and especially since you've 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 sort of come come out um, out of the service too
1: um, I would say it's for example, like I liken uh, the job I used to do almost it's, it's if you were going to liken it to a sport it is, it's rugby mm-hmm. you know, and all you all you concentrate on is winning and mm-hmm. how, how you need to go about and do that and, and the unfortunate thing with the winning side of things and, and the determination to get out on the pitch and like try and compartmentalize all the noise that's going on around you and just needing to focus on that. It's the same thing because you know, your tunnel is essentially, I, I call the tunnel for us is the, is that Chinook helicopter. You're sat in it for about a time, fucking bouncing along, like making loads, there's loads of noise going on and you're in a little space and you're like, right, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I need to get this, you know, what could happen? Well, you don't know what's going to happen, but you know what could happen. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're running off the back of that helicopter and there's just noise everywhere. And you're like, I need to, I need to focus on what I need to do. And you, and you do all the time, you push, there's emotions coming into you and you're pushing them away. You're like, I don't that. And there was only, it was one time when I didn't, when I was a bit, bit longer in the tooth, a bit older. And it was because I was bricking it. Like to the, it was not that I'd never bricked it before, but for some reason it, come about in this way and i remember it manifested i, it, I could am- i could remember thinking oh, i just want to be at home with my mum as like a kid again because it's safe Yeah, and that was probably the first time where i had to have a word with myself and actually acknowledge and it was a turning point for me it was, that was the moment where i was like right you're scared which means you just need to fucking acknowledge this
0: yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and
1: and slow the situation down and and to the point where you just, it, it, at the time it was like a, it was like two or three seconds if that, where I'm like, right, hang on a minute, you're here for a reason, you know what you're doing, you've got a load of lads around you, you don't know what you're doing, just have a reset and then swing back into action. And so that's what I did then. And I think, yes, it was identical to that in the beginning where it was just like, yeah, push all that. I don't need that baggage. As a younger person, you don't need that baggage you want to crack on. But I think there's a, there's a, there's space now to to accept that you have got vulnerabilities and you have got emotions because we're all human. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's nothing wrong with, there's, I, I genuinely don't see there's anything wrong with me now saying, yeah, I was, I was in a ditch scared at one point and, and, and then working out, working my way around it again, it comes back to that mindfulness thing. and You actually learn a lot more about yourself. I think as players would learn a lot more about themselves if they acknowledge what certain things they were that, they were scared of and then allow those those emotions to focus them on you know working around them you know we've all got strengths and weaknesses and actually the best thing about the best thing for me that came about talking about this and saying this is how I felt and this is sometimes how I feel I still check in with mates I'm not doesn't mean that, you know, we go for walks in the woods, holding hands or anything. We're still blokes. We just, you know, I'll speak to some of the gnarliest guys I know and we'll just be like, how's it going, mate? And, you know, every now and again someone will be like, fucking hell, I'm having a mare mm. or, or whatever. And, and so, it's, it, you know, it's just done in a different way. But the, the, I'm going off on different tangents. But the one thing about acknowledging vulnerability and allowing people to know it is now I don't have to worry about putting up a, a facade, a wall... Mm. I don't have to pretend to be someone else. I am who I am now. I don't need to worry about that now because I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's who I am. Mm, I'll still go. Yeah. I'll still. I've still got grit. I've still got determination. I'll go and do stuff. I'll do gnarly stuff. But sometimes I get a bit vulnerable, and and because of that, because I don't have to worry about that wall, that's one less worry for me. It's It was like a. It's like a weight off my shoulders. It's mega inlining.
0: Yeah, yeah, like the, the 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 coming away from that, like that was yeah. the, the enlightening part. And and did you did you have to go through like um, I know you had a, a period of PTSD and a struggle with with the loss of identity. Did do you feel yeah. like you had to go through that to 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 like ease the ramp into that enlightening moment or that enlightening period that you've had?
1: Yeah, I think maybe it is just the journey that people go on. But the one thing I will say because I know it like for me, you know, leaving the military was was hard because I never really, I hadn't set myself up for anything after. I wasn't really ready. And because I was enjoying it so much, I was like, well, this, you know, you can do this forever, man. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, when I, when I left and it was abruptly, you know, due to medical conditions, I was like, well, who, who am I now? It was like, and I was like, I was scrabbling around for that. Like, you know, what's my identity now? What do I belong to? I don't, you know, and I had a real, real low point and i wish someone had been like well what do you want about your lunatic your identity is you you're not like the unit you're foxy and you actually belong to yourself so all you're trying to do now is you're on a journey to reinvent what direction you're going in Mm. so don't and and everything that you've done in the past with regard to the military is still there it's still part of you it's why you're where you are now yeah. so it would have been yeah the that identity and belonging thing is you know if anyone's out there listening to this now you you belong to yourself and you are your own identity you've got a name yeah.
0: like you're not trying to attach to something like yeah. pastor, or like that 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 vehicle that you were you were in um mm. yeah that's interesting mate and and like you were mentioning um oh, I've just spoke about PTSD there what 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 did that feel like
1: PTSD, like they, so basically, someone, some, someone medically trained, qualified is like that. Oh, you got PTSD, I'm like, oh, mm. great. What does that mean? I'm like, yeah, what, PT, okay, yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder. It sort of been in stressful situations that have had a, an impact, but you know, and for me, it's just that like my, I just my demeanour changed in the job that I was doing and i i was I'd grown bored of it, and i was that's what annoyed me. I was like, why am I why am I having to scrape the barrel to find any sort of drive to get this job done and what I'm doing is cool as people would give their you know yeah some, you know it's gnarly, but you know you get to do some cool stuff and that's 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 what PTSD was for me, and I think it was a culmination of a lot of things. it was going away all the time with work and being in situations that were drain dangerous, but I think more than that it was like life everything Mm. else going on in life was having an impact on me and it catches up with you at some time if you don't acknowledge it and sort of like address it and give it the respect it deserves it will will come and bite you in the ass and that's what happened with me because I was constantly suppressing it constantly not doing what we've been talking about the whole mindfulness thing Mm. and everything was it just got to a point where I was like and you know
0: lack of motivation and and like well bottom up barrel I imagine yeah
1: yeah. yeah. We, you know we were do, doing you go and do cool stuff and I was like you know, I was a team leader by this stage and you know I'd be responsible for de- delivering debriefs after doing stuff and I'd be sat there like okay. mm. you know, whatever and there's like young lads requiring you know to see someone like me as a ball of fire and I wasn't I wasn't delivering and I was like ah, this is out of order not not just not just on them but on me as well I need to square it away and that was the beginning of the journey of leaving the military having a mega dip and then finding the new way around getting getting back on track mm, it's a journey that it's a journey
0: did it seem like it took like the color, like, I think that's probably the hardest thing and I, I've been there before like um, when you're doing the things that you've always loved and you always thought it was cool always thought it's like the thing to be doing but when you're doing it the colour's taken out of it and you're not feeling like you have always done like I imagine that's probably you know where you were at then Um, just just from thinking about back to my experiences but
1: I think it's the same though but if you you know you look at you know look at rugby players you grow up loving that loving that sport I grew up loving being a soldier but to be really good at it you have to put so much time and effort into it so much of your life into it that at some point you are going to feel a little bit like what and then that's when you start thinking oh, hang on a minute why should I why am I feeling like this I loved it I love it but then everyone I think it's worth also remembering as, as like as a person that's gone through that with sport especially you know you're going to be on a journey and along that way you're going to see things that sometimes you don't agree with or you, you know the way the sport's being like managed politically or whatever There's bits that will always taint your your perspective on it, on it and it it will always discolour it from when you're a young kid growing up mm. it's just part of it's is. that is what happens and then it's about trying to find you know, find another way of invigorating that love again, or, or or, you know, realizing that you know it is. You know, there's always good and bad that comes with everything. It's just part of life, and just, you know, I need to knuckle down and crack on.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, and and what what did what did it look like for you coming coming you know down that that ramp into into what was a tough spot for you? But then out on the other side, what what did that
1: look like for you? Uh, I don't. I find it, it's really hard to try and try and take myself back to like when it was bad. Mm. It just is like, it's like a fuzzy memory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, don't, I, when, when I look back on it, I'm like, yeah, every day it was gray and probably raining. It wasn't. Obviously it went on for bloody, probably about two years long, that entire yeah. spell. And it was never, you know, bright sunshine most of the time. But when I look, it's just like a gray period. Yeah. My head's fuzzy in that. But, you know, I did, I did, you know, I had a, I had a real, a real dark patch which didn't last that long. But, you know, I was found myself stood on a cliff, like in a bad way, you know, wondering what was going on and contemplating, chucking myself off. And I think that was actually quite a. Everyone, whenever I talk about it, people are like, ooh. And I'm like, no, no, no. That, for me, I'm, I'm still here, which means that was a good, that was actually a good thing. That was like a, you know, Obviously, those periods turn, you know, they can turn out, well, the worst for some people. But for me, I'm like, that was, you know, that was the pivotal moment where I was like, right, hang on. And that was the moment where my life started to change. And it started, like, after that period. And then when you look back, the days don't seem gray anymore. That's, you know, I decided to make a positive move to becoming a more positive person. Yeah. You know, By that stage, my career in the military had gone. And it was only then that I was suddenly like, Do you know, what? it's done. It doesn't matter. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a building block but you've got to move forward so, do, you reckon,
0: do you reckon it was like you, you thought when you were, you were stood there do you reckon it was like a bit of a right I'm here now there's not to lose in, in now go forward do you
1: reckon it's that yeah, part of the yeah story? no it was, it was like I was like oh, right you either you either throw yourself off which is pretty pretty dark and there's you got you, you know you've still got a responsibility to a lot of people out there you know family friends all that sort of thing you turn around and start sorting your shit out and and i think that's what i took from it That and fact, i'm scared of heights probably so i was like what the fuck am i doing I still <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: the scariest way to do it No. Oh, 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 hang on a minute <laughs> yeah um and uh, another thing we were we mentioning talking about was um i'm not sure we'll get into it but um like the the experiences that you had through training and, and it's sort of like a common common thing that you'll hear on the SSU Days Wins and, and people you speak to who have been in the military and that like, they'll, they'll break you down, they'll constantly break you down and they'll, they'll get you into a mode which you sort of, um, you sort of just operating at and, and I guess it's similar to what we are just saying, like you sort of, that sort of far down into the the, um, the motions of it and like the grind of it that you sort of you just you just plodding on or you just doing it and just operating um do you think that's do you think like that's like a different version of yourself like do you think you get down to like they say they break you down but then they build you back up did you mm. feel like there was anything in that did you feel like the it, it truly was breaking you down to like being able to be reshaped or remolded or do you reckon it were
1: I think it, as in in the military
0: yeah yeah
1: they don't the one thing i will say about it, they don't necessarily they don't necessarily break you down they take you down to the some dark places and they allow, and they want you to find your way of dealing with it if you don't deal with it then you're probably not right for that job mm. so they deliberately take you down to some dark because essentially when you think about the job that, that is being a soldier especially a special forces soldier it is about it's probably one of the toughest working environments on the planet with regard to the fact that you don't know when things are going to finish and you're going to see some nasty stuff and you, mm. we need you to be able to deal with that. Mm. And so what we're going to do in throughout all your period of training or whenever, what, you know, all those different periods of training is we're going to take you to some dark place. We're going to make you think about things going wrong all over the place. So you could, So you then develop a flexible mindset so that when it does happen, you can sort of think on your feet and you've got, a you've got a wealth of knowledge that you can call upon. Mm. It doesn't mean that they get you ready for everything, but what they do do is they tell you that don't be surprised if stuff doesn't go according to plan. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You can just mm. go. And, and I think that's, you know, that cliff moment was definitely where I had my, I had a little sort of, it was like my, t- it was like my team brief. I was giving myself another brief going, Hey, mate, hang on a minute. Do you remember, remember all that time when you've been in some, dark places you never thought you'd get out of and you did you you still got that head you still got that head on you so you can still do it now and i think it is really that's probably the one of the key things that came out of the military side of things for me was to develop a flexible mindset mindset where you're not not afraid of stuff that hasn't happened Cause first of all, it hasn't happened, and then if it does happen, it's too late to worry about it. You've got to get on with it,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a weird it's a weird mix that because I, I imagine you've got to be flexible, right? And, and know what you what difference you, you're going to make, and if something goes against you, but you've got to be you've got to be stubborn, haven't you? You've got to be stubborn yeah. to go through all of that, um, and go through the training and feel like, shit, um, yeah, to to then. To, well, to to get them to that spot to be able to make decisions and and change it.
1: Um, I think stubbornness is a good thing to have. Yeah, um, you've got, you got. I mean, you have got to be you know, like weigh it up every now and again. But especially in you know, if you want to, if you want to get on with stuff, nothing, nothing's easy. You know, I mean, how easy is it to play to play rugby league at your level? It's not easy, is it? No, it's not it? easy. Like, <laughs> so you've got to be stubborn to sort of like have that. The determination to fucking, to get on with it because they, there are the reward, the rewards that go with it is you, you get to perform, you know, an awesome level in a sport that you love. And the same was for me, you know, I needed to be stubborn to, to get through stuff. It's the same for anyone. It's the same for someone that's wanting to run their own business. You know, that's not easy. You've got to have, a, you've got to have elements of stubbornness in your character.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, I'm just thinking back, I spoke to Andy Grant, um, who you, you? I know you guys are mates, and yeah. you're know, mentioning. Um, and I, I sort of relate a bit, like you know, the the more you progress through the ranks, and and being able to deal with a tough training session, and and being able to sort of win a game, and and put performance together and stuff. Um, you get that sort of win, but also I've thinking about, and I asked Andy this, like, what was his thoughts when you know, so like for instance, you're going through selection, like. Did you get like a win or did you get like a a buzz when you were still there towards the back end of it? Do you know what I mean? And there's a, there's a flood of people that have dropped out like... Yeah, yeah, It's, got, yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: it's <laughs> we, a bit of a uh,
0: weird mindset, isn't it? A bit of a...
1: Yeah, I almost, I'm almost i almost embarrassed to admit it but there was like a few of us when I was going through and like the attrition rate is mental. We, we started with, I think it was close to 350 people and we ended up with like eight. Yeah. But like, when you when you go in, going along, you just see people dropping like flies. And I wasn't, I wasn't a big, you know, I was actually up until sort of like my late twenties, I sort of was more of a runner. I was quite slight. I want to say to be a Marine, you, you you don't want to. Yeah, I was a lot more, I was more into me, I was more of a runner back then. And, yeah. and, um. And, um So, like, there was lots of other lads older than me that were, like, stacked. And and I'm like, crikey, (laughs) am I made of the like, stuff? And then sort of get through, like, get two weeks into it, bearing in mind two weeks is nothing, it's over six months long, but you get two weeks into it, you're just seeing people drop like flies, just not getting out of bed going, "Ah, sacked it off. Me and a group of other blokes would be there, and we were like, do you feel, do you get the energy from them just mm. chilling it off? And I'm like, oh, yeah, and we sort of like, we named it the quickening. Every time someone died, not, <laughs> not died, but every time someone fell down, you'd get all their power, yeah. you'd be stronger <laughs> from it. it was, we called it the quickening because there's an old film from 1986 called The Highlander, which is like a mega old school, mate. Yeah. But um, there's a thing in there the, in the quickening where if someone dies then someone else gets their power. <laughs> that's what it was like it was like it's, it's, yeah mate it's like old but anyway yeah, but I'm yeah watch but, mate, you have to watch it's worth it mate it's worth watch really good this podcast that the quickening <laughs> yeah. in the high <laughs> we, we used to joke that we were experiencing the quickening because we were drawing power from other people quickening which <laughs> sounds odd why would we do that because we're in it all together mm. but you just there's a sense of achievement isn't there there's a sense of self pride because you're still there when others have thought, nah, mm. Not.
0: Mm. It's um, it, it's a weird bond. It like, and obviously I only know from being in sport um, with teammates and stuff. But, and it's probably why it gets me in, in some some places with injuries and um, all this. But you sort of have to have that that pride or that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's quite ego, but it's that sort of resolve where you want to be the last or you want to be the per- last man standing or you want to be the person yeah. who's putting the most effort in um, yeah. and and it's and I, I guess obviously that, that's that's something that you definitely will have had to have what do you put that into now like how do you like how do you put that get that adrenaline rush or how do you um how do you feed that into anything or have you got to a stage where it's not so important it's
1: maybe it isn't as important but it's still there it's like I'm never gonna be hitting those levels of well I'm never gonna be hitting those adrenaline levels like I did back in the day because well I'm I'm not getting shot at for a start (laughs) which is a great thing but but I still go out and you know the tv shows that I've been involved in you know they get the adrenaline going you're part of something you're still part of a team and you're needing to put you know you put some put a lot of time and effort into make things look good and have a, another sense of achievement from it. Expeditions is something that really, really I do enjoy, you know, being part of, although it's a bit smaller, you're a smaller team, maybe you know the last one I did, there was only two of us, but you're still there looking out for each other. Yeah, I still, I still hit the, all those things that I like doing. I think a lot of it as well is, um, it comes down to, um, fulfilling the things that you learn as a young recruit so like the, the marines are awesome at it you, you, you go into the training base there and you, you're you not brainwashed they just remap your mind and there's like there's a thing called the commando spirit which is there's four pillars to it and that's all they talk to you about there's like courage determination unselfishness and, and cheerfulness in the face of adversity and it's and as long as I'm still getting to do those sort of things of so courage you know I still go and you know, take, take those leaps of faith and do stuff that puts me in me, puts me puts in an uncomfortable position determination at least I've still got something where I can be determined in and I need to dig deep the unselfishness thing is the team thing and I think that's one of the most important things you put everyone else before everyone else's safety or everyone else's well-being before yours because you know that they do the same for you anyway you know that's, mm. that's, that's probably one of the best feelings isn't it especially you, know, you must know that being in a team and then the lark on the last one's um, cheerfulness in the face of adversity that basically means just keep having a laugh because there's nothing else that's going to get you through it
0: <laughs> yeah despite everything going on keep having a laugh
1: yeah keep having a laugh there's a lot mate, this it's paid lip service to by some people I I'd live my life by it you know I see some people that lead, lead their lives really seriously and I'm like hey, it'd be so much more fun if you just lightened up and yeah. chilled, chilled out you can still take the job seriously but don't yeah. take the job seriously
0: yeah yeah take it sincerely and just have a laugh um, yeah. it's black humour isn't it it's, it's quite black humour like, and I imagine yeah. you've know, um, yeah. been through situations with that um, I, I, and I like the what you mentioned there about the, the pillars because um, we've just, we just put a programme out with Mentality Um for people to to join up and, and to go through like a similar sort of process as, and not like sort of dictating the values and, and telling them what, but like to all understand the values. And, and I guess you sort of had a massive, I think you ten years in the Marines where you will have understand understood them, lived them values, behaved them values. And it's and like you mentioned there, it's quite um, inv- yeah, it's quite invaluable to have you know, especially when you've left and, and you've sort of got through that period and, and, and you know you you like you said you you've you've mapped out what's gonna tick the boxes and I, I wanna talk a little bit about real narcos as well. Um but that's I, I imagine that ticks a lot of boxes for you there in terms of your values, especially going back to, to being a Marine. Um which is, is quite it's quite a bit like a compass, it's a bit like um knowing what direction you're gonna go. You're not gonna go too far away from from that stuff, are you?
1: Yeah. it 's like I suppose it's like that, that's the culture within that organization, but I think it's good to take it away with you when you finish in that organization you know and try and spread a bit of that around everywhere else, especially you know you know in the times we 're in now, you know people are going to have to dig deep, you need to yeah. try and encourage a bit of determination. unselfishness is something really important at the moment, and you see a lot of people that are being a bit selfish or not being aware of what's going on and I think yeah need, need a bit. it's just having that a, a decent culture to sort of fall back on I suppose
0: yeah for sure for sure and um, I just mentioned there uh, the real narcos mate you tell us a bit about that and then he spiked, there must have been some spiky moments over there
1: hey, it, the whole thing was spiky if I'm honest <laughs> all, everywhere we went there was only four of us on the whole crew you Know me, a lad called Aldo who's an ex-marine a good friend of mine and the director and the cameraman and it was you know we started it was it was filmed the opposite to how it went out on the on Netflix. So you've got like it's three episodes, one episode. Yeah. You start, we started in Mexico, then Colombia, then Peru, but we filmed it, Peru, Colombia, and Mexico, and it just kept ramping up. You know, we did we did Peru and we were like getting chased through the jungle, diving into the, we we're hiding in the back of a pickup truck and there was like narcos trying to find us. And I'm like, oh, you know, why am I why am I doing this again? <laughs> <Telling>. <laughs> I don't know for the telly for tv <laughs> and, like, and then so we, we got we got through peru and you're like ah weren't too bad and we went out to Colombia, and that was just like proper edge it was just like they're they're way further down the line on their on the sort of like the war on drugs and the cartels so everyone's mega sketchy and like literally we got to the hotel that we we're staying in a place called bonaventura which is this it's a port town on the Pacific coast of Colombia. Mm. And the hotel like the place is a proper slum. Like proper, mm. proper slum. But we're in this hotel right next to the port, which was, was really nice. <laughs> we've gone in there, we sort of like got the room no they had a rooftop bar terracing you can have your dinner and stuff. And we we're like, Right, well, we'll go up there and have a quick meeting about what we're gonna do the following day. So we've gone out, it's like four in the afternoon. And all of a sudden, you said, like gunshots. There's a square out the front of the hotel. You just hear like, like that. I looked over like 14 floors up. So we're like that, looking over, and there's a bloke laid out in the middle of the square. No, and there's like soldiers running around. We're like that. the <laughs> joking. Oh, and then Mexico was just on another level, mate. It was just absolutely. I mean, we landed in Kulakan, which is the state capital of Sinaloa, which is where El Chapo's cartel, that's the headquarters of their cartel. The whole place is run by the cartel. Yeah. We're on edge from the beginning. You can see there's people clocking us at the airports. And we're like, no. and then literally we get to the hotel, then we're like, right, should we go out and get some food? So we've got in and we've got this local guy, the fixer, this Mexican guy driving us and he's trying to get across. So this wasn't in the show, but there's a dual carriageway right outside the hotel. And he's trying to drive across both all the all the all the carriageways to get onto the other side of the uh, on the other side of this like motorway. And we're like, I, I'm like looking at Aldo's side in the back and I'm like, he, what's he doing? Yeah. Like, he. I I want to drive, but they won't let you drive because it's they're the locals, they know what the score is. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's like he just pulls out, but he pulls out with like literally no commitment. He's just sort of like trundles out into the middle. And literally I can just see this pickup truck with what looked like a massive metal bar on the top of it. And I'm like that, it's gonna hit us. And then it just goes smash. The the car hit us and we just spin, we spin off into the middle of this this sort of like motorway. And then we're stuck in the middle, traffic's all going around us. I'm like, ah, covered in glass, there's glass everywhere. And I'm like, fucking hell, is everyone all right? Everyone alright? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I look around, and as I look around, I'm like, oh my God, and the metal bar thing that was on the back of the the pickup truck left he didn't even bother the old bloke driving it I hadn't bothered tying it in so as he's hit us that has just gone and it's literally speared itself through the back and it's gone it's about that far behind the back of Aldo and the other guy's head in the back and they didn't even notice and I was like mm. they nearly got apple cord in the middle of a road in Mexico but that was the beginning of Mexico and it just went it went on like that for like the whole, everything was stressful. It was just like, yeah. I remember we finished, so Mexico was the last thing that we did. And I remember just as we got into Mexico City and as we took off, we took off on that plane. And as we hit like the altitude and the seatbelt sign come off, I was like, I just went up to Aldo, I was like, mate, give each other a big hug. I'm like, we survived, we survived <laughs> <Yeah>. this ordeal.
0: <laughs> yeah. As soon as um, seatbelt sign goes off, fucking oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, who, who, who were the cameraman?
1: Who, who did, did uh, they there have
0: was, a bit of experience or? We
1: had um. No, it was it was gnarly. The the we had one, we had two cameramen. We had one for Peru, and then he couldn't make the other two, and then we had the same one for um. Colombia and Mexico but it was like yeah the whole thing the point was me and Aldo when we were doing stuff the reason he was there really was to be the second set of eyes and ears so we'd be constantly on the lookout and be like all oh, right, mm. let's get down like, if it looked like it was kicking off get behind this wall here because he's, not...
0: he's done a bit hasn't he? Aldo's done a bit on telly did he do any in, in this, this narco series or were he just like, like
1: he, he, of, he, was in you the, he was there he was in the background yeah you know, yeah. he was more like the we'd sit down at night and he would lead the safety meetings he'd be like right this is what we need to think about is, mm. is this worth? is it really really worth doing this and all that <laughs> Fuck. Be like f-
0: I bet you thought that when he landed didn't you
1: yeah <laughs> fucking hell but I mean, um, you've got to tell you what, he's, he's worth chatting to yeah yeah
0: and yeah, um, I-, I know he's just done a bit for times Ben Michelle um Quite, you know, quite, quite a good mates with Ben Michelle who writes for the oh, times. Right. Um, yeah. He's just done a bit, and I've read it. It looks class, class piece. So cool. you'll have to, you'll have to get in touch with him.
1: And, and um, yeah, I'll, try, I'll, try, I'll, try, I'll you his, his number.
0: Yeah, yeah, mega. Um, and and I guess we have got to ask a bit about experiences, mate. That that when when you were when you're in the, the services, can you talk a little bit about any moments in that any any sort of any sort of missions that you got to put on that that you feel were a little bit spiky too?
1: uh yeah there was i mean the one the one with the ditch was pretty that was pretty gnarly we sat on the back you know flying into flying into somewhere and you sort of like sat on the back of the helicopter and about you're six minutes out from being somewhere and then the, the you're just getting you, like the sky just erupts into a massive fireworks display and you like you literally can feel the helicopter getting hit you can see the one behind getting hit or it looks like it's getting hit. You, and then you're like that oh my god what have we what have we, what have we bitten off here because I think it's a little bit more than I can chew do you feel do you feel lucky do you
0: feel lucky like yeah
1: yeah you yeah. definitely feel lucky because it is it is a numbers game to a certain degree mm. there's um, you know I've got mates that have you know, mates that have died and mates that have been really badly injured and so on so I think there's an element of luck there definitely uh, there's yeah there's that but then there's a lot of funny stuff as well you know just Yeah. Um, you know, little little mistakes, normally ones made by me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clean up for each other though.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's mega, mate. Um where to keep me too long. I'm enjoying it like, but uh where nah, to keep you too long. It's um been mega to have you on, pal. It's um, hey.
1: Thanks, Stevie. Thanks for having me on, mate. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, spot on. It's good, mate. Good to, to talk in depth. Like I know we didn't get through like the full story and full shebang and and all this, but we can do it again.
1: But, yeah, for sure. Again.
0: Yeah. We'll get we'll get series going. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Top one. Top one Foxy Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you would agree with me. I think that these conversations that we are having the vital in, in how we move forward as men to be comfortable with these conversations, be comfortable in the uncomfortable, as the SAS would say. And I think I think these things are moving forward. We could never have imagined these conversations three years ago, never mind 10, 15, 20 years ago. So these are something that that I feel really passionate about. If you guys feel passionate about it too, please get in touch. Please give us a rating and, and let us know what you think. We're always happy to to work with other people and and to help people and and to push them in the right direction for support too. You can have a look in more detail at patreon.com forward slash mentality that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash mentality. You can have a look at some of the kit that we've put out there on mentalityapparel.com and you can have a look at some of the other stuff that's going on articles and little bits of inspiration and motivation on mentalitymagazine.com. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you would agree that this has been a big one and I hope you would agree that these conversations are vital and something that I hope you guys listening are starting to encroach on yourselves and take out yourselves. Cheers, guys. See you next time.